Hello, everyone. This is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. Everyone, welcome. John, hello. Good morning, everyone. This is John Morrow. Mark, it's great to be with you. It is great to be, and it's great to start another session of podcast. This podcast are highlight of my day because I get to interact with you, my dear friend, and also with the community, community of learners, students who are motivated and going after their goals. Welcome, everyone. This is the Speak Brave Podcast. Now, John, how are you, sir? I think, no, I don't think. I know for a fact that this is an incredible day. For those of you listening to the podcast, I realize you listen many different times in many different places and many different locations, not just in the U.S., but around the world. And so in sharing this with you, obviously for us, it's a specific time of the day. For here, where we're at, it's morning. But it's a magical morning, and it's magical because there is always that time of the year when you see the first taste and flavor and sensation and joy of autumn and autumn is not so much just the colors and the themes but it's also the coolness and dryness of the air that pleasant refreshing feel after a long hot steamy summer so this day awakened with wonderful feelings and sensations and then you and I came and we had coffee together and we brainstormed and talked about this podcast and the more you talked about this particular message today the more excited I got so I can tell you right now I am one eager enthused individual that can't wait for the opportunity to hear what you're about to share with us on a subject that I really find interesting. This is this is this is excellent introduction, John, and I love uh, going deeper into this topic. Mm-hmm. Now, the topic for today's podcast is games. Yes, the games we play at work, in business, and in life. But specifically, I want to go into the subculture of games. And this trend that I have seen in business, and especially in the large enterprises where business owners have objectives and business stakeholders have objectives to use elements of game, design of games, gamification, if you will, to achieve business purpose. Have you ever seen that before, John? Within the structure of business, uh-huh. I've been introduced to it on a few occasions over mm-hmm. the courses of the year, over the course of the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the job that I most recently retired from back in 2013, mm-hmm. often as a way to create camaraderie, to develop some incentives, to reward, and at the same time to educate and give good feedback, leadership would do forms of games involving things that were a part of our job description because our job description wasn't just a tactile thing it was we must have an understanding of components of law of systems of technology and of people skills and so all of these things would be woven into gameplay right. and they would increase they would include incentives so as to say it shows that you're dialed in you're paying attention you're learning you're growing yourself as a representative and you should be rewarded for that but at the same time you're learning more and we're teaching you more about how to do your job better because we all benefit when we do our jobs better. Exactly. Did you ever come across this quote by Albert Einstein who said, play is the highest form of research? 
I never actually, until you just shared that with me, yeah. knew that Einstein actually said he that. Did. He did. Play is the highest form of research, and I think with play, you activate more and more distributed forms of your brain, mm-hmm. and it allows you to retain information better, but do it in a playful way. I like the idea of playful, too, because I think that adds a fun component, exactly. where it becomes more of a time of discovery rather than a process of drudgery. Exactly. What I'd like to mention is the games have been with us since they were born. Mm -hmm. It is just as we grow into the maturity and as we go, let's say we go to college, graduate school, then we get the mortgage, then we get the business, then we get into the corporate job, we forget to play games. And I think I have seen some resistance from some business leaders who maybe don't have the full understanding that games are actually good for business. If we design it well, and this trend of gamification to achieve business purpose, but also solve business problems have been recognized. Not only that, but also now, but not a lot of people know how to design game elements into the business. And in fact, Gartner Research, the firm that helps businesses design games says that 80% of all efforts to put game elements and game design elements into the business processes, 80% of them fail. So can you imagine out of all this effort and thinking and planning, 80% of game design fails in the business world? I, I want to make a point here and I want to stress to the listener Remember, Mark said in the business world. Now, please try to differentiate. I hope I'm understanding correctly here, Mark. Games are a big deal because of the development and the advanced technology of gaming machines. Exactly. Which young people and children play. And they, because of their tactile and the capability for acuity and for rapid eye movement and quick thinking and fast coordination of, you know, hands and eyes. There's a benefit to that for children, but those games too, of course, go through a tremendous testing process before they are successful. And even if they're well done, sometimes the concept falls flat on its face when it's brought to the general public. So would it be safe to say that even in that environment, outside of the business environment, that is also a high-risk opportunity and 80% perhaps of those games even fail, so they got to go back to the drawing board. Exactly. And you have touched upon an unearthed an, an excellent question. As you know, let's say just take an example. I was recently coming across some source material where there was an inventor inventor who was creating toys toys just for kill for children and kids to play and as he was trying to shop his toys to the toy manufacturer it was rejection after rejection after rejection it's very difficult to bring a toy to the market and that's why companies spend millions of dollars on research and even then it doesn't mean that they're gonna have the success mm-hmm. have you ever come across um, concept from about lean startup Lean Startup by Eric Rice. 
I no. think I think he actually wrote a book, and this was quite popular. Lean, lean startup. Okay, okay. as in L E A N. Correct, and it talks about a feedback feedback loop. Where oh, okay, that's right. So you create something, you manufacture, you measure it, and then you retest, and then you rebuild again, and then you start over and over and over, and that's based on the metrics, the furnace that is the real world. So you don't just create something because you want to. You actually measure it, test it out, and send it out to the world and make sure it comes back in an even better version. And I think what we have heard that Gartner Research have made that 80% of all game design elements fail Mm -hmm. is because maybe the game designers or the designers of the processes don't know any better. But what can we learn from best practices from people who have succeeded? And that's what I want to touch upon. Mm -hmm. And I do believe in best practices because that's what creates success and creates progression. That's right. Have you ever heard of this company called Quirky? No, I haven't. Now, that's a great name, Quirky, because I know people who are quirky. And some people tell me I can be quirky sometimes. You are, John. And I appreciate your personality, whether it's quirky or is it maybe it's just trademark John Morrow personality <laughs> and it's just part of your charm and it's just part of how you interact with people. Yeah. Well, this quirky is by the gentleman, Mr. Kaufman. He created a platform where anyone can be an inventor. Now, that's an interesting idea. Okay. So, for example... Because I don't think of myself as an inventor or at you least... May, you may maybe have, I need you, to Maybe think you more. have some inventions in your brain, in mm-hmm. your mind, yep. in your background or maybe you know someone. You... Encounter this platform, quirky.com. You pay $10, 10 US dollars, and you enter an idea, an idea for a product. It could be a teapot, it could be a brush, it could be an electrical device, it could be anything that you think has a viable idea. Once you create the idea, you write up a little description and you send it to the platform. What happens afterwards? then the members of the community will either upvote or downvote your idea. Now, if, if enough people in the community upvote your idea, the company will make it. Not only that, they will share profits with you. If it goes to Target, Best Buy, Bad Bath & Beyond, you will be an inventor, but also a beneficiary of that product. Now, this quirky.com is set up as a game. The more points you get is based on the description and the novelty of the idea, but it's, but it's wisdom of the crowds. So I think one of the best practices we can use as, as leaders, as game design developers, mm-hmm. is to outsource the decision process, thinking process, feedback process to the community at large. The technology allows us to create platforms where everyone can contribute and that is molded to a better product. That is the best practice. Because if you create something or anything in isolation, I think you have a higher chance of it failing, which may not be a bad thing, but it will fail. It will take you, it will longer. get you longer. Yeah. But if you outsource, because the way that the global community is going, it doesn't matter who you are, where you live. I mean, you could live in Australia or Finland mm-hmm. or Japan. And you can still participate in this process. Mm-hmm, that's and right. that is part of the game design. That is what I'm talking about. What do you think about that, John? Well, I think that's interesting. But 
taking it a step further, you mention game design. Elements, I, yes. The elements, elements of uh-huh. game design. The, the nation, particularly young people, but I think a significant number of adults, including myself, in recent years have been drawn to a fictional series written by Suzanne Collins entitled The Hunger Games. And it's a trinity or a trio of stories. And although there is the principal plot line of the heroine resisting the machine, and this has been one of the great storylines of antiquity because throughout history it's always been the oppressed versus the oppressor. However, this story does have a unique component because it involves gaming and gaming designed to create a competition that unfortunately has a life and death consequence. So the game makers actually are maniacal if you want to get right down to it. Now, having said that, people do understand that game making can take on many faces, but when we're dealing, Mark, in the world of creating something that helps people or creating something that will result in greater productivity, better return on investment, more camaraderie and more teammanship, it really takes, I think, both a brilliantly crafty and witty mind, but also one that has a high degree of integrity and respect and regard for people and their success. I like that. And the way I see this, uh, now that, and I know that you're a fan of Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Isn't that right? I'm a very big fan. You're a very big fan. And you told me about it, the lessons that you have gathered. gathered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And plus, I like the actress, the Jennifer Lawrence. Isn't she? Uh, she's easy on the eyes. Not only that, but <laughs> but she's amazing. She is an outstanding in, actress in that movie, but also in other movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Silver Linings Playbook. If anyone has ever watched a great actress, she's cool. She's amazing. I go recommend people watch it. But now let's just go back into our train of thought and switch gears. Mm-hmm. Now, remember what I said about the quirky that comes? Yes. Is that a community based? Have you ever come across this application to learn languages called Duolingo? I learned about it just recently, and it was, of course, through you. And as you were sharing it with me, I thought this is something I could benefit from. But I think our listeners need to hear about the concept and why it works and what you have benefited from it. That's right. I Apparently, I was part of this grand scheme to help the founder of Duolingo translate the materials on the web without knowing it because the designers of this game which is available for free you can download it at app store or google play or any or right from their website duolingo if you're english speaker you can log in and learn spanish french portuguese german russian italian greeks greek any almost dozen of languages maybe even more now and then as you enter, you, you start at the very bottom. And then you learn vocabulary. You learn how the sentences, sentences are structured. And you can spend, if you spend 34 hours straight on the computer, 34 hours, 34, 36 hours, just taking quizzes, games, it's, 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 it's very, actually quite, quite addictive, addictive. 
it's equivalent to one college semester worth of language training. Hmm. Yeah. And then I think I encountered this app about two years ago and I was so addicted to it. I dedicate, I blocked off time in my day so I can actually log into Duolingo and learn the language. And when I became part of the community and started listening and watching and listening to how other students have talked about their experience, I came across something called the streak. Can you say it? Streak. The streak, which, by the way, for those of you that are trivia-minded like me, and I am famous for extraneous, useless trivia, remember Ray Stevens and the song entitled The Streak, and there was a fad many, many years ago called streaking and by the way are you talking about what i think i'm yes you oh my gosh i don't i don't know if i want to go there but i'll go back to the other streak we think of a streak as being a series of things that take place and i'll give you an example of that for those of you that know me and know me well and mark would be one of them and there are others you will know that i am a bleed hemorrhaging orange fanatic because of my love for the University of Tennessee Volunteers college football team. And I have bled and bled profusely for years because Tennessee lost 11 straight years to the University of Florida. And so the Gator Nation has had a streak of 11 wins. And when Tennessee defeated Florida most recently, and ended the streak, the post that I put on Facebook was long end the streak. So that's a streak that had to do with wins. Now, the one that you were telling me about in Duolingo, Duolingo that's interesting because that actually challenges you to make yourself get in there and get involved and interact. That's right. It gets involved in the interaction, but it also sets up a pathway for your learning journey. I can see why, because you're motivated. You don't want to break the streak. Right. And the game designers who created Duolingo app, they know about this, but they didn't stumble. They didn't just thought of it. It, There was testing, testing a lot of failures. A lot of trial and error. A lot of trial and error. A lot of very smart people try to decide what will motivate people to come to our website for free, learn the language, and as they progress in their learning, in their skills, in learning the language, they can translate materials from that new language into English or vice versa. So the designers actually had an idea, how do we get millions and millions of people involved, get them interested enough to sign up, learn, complete this course of study, This is their form of payment and how afterwards we can get, continue to get them involved so they can translate the rest of the web. That is the juice. And the streak was just one game element that was so well positioned for any player. It was just part of addiction. It was, what makes a game addictive, John? I mean, what in your understanding, what makes you as a player get so sucked in into this environment that you lose the track of time. You lose where you are, that you want to eat, that you need to go and take care of business. Competitiveness? Competitiveness. Competitiveness. Okay, so that's one juice for you. Yeah, for me, it's very much so. Okay, what else? The 
Well, the the quest, the the, 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 the achievement of making yourself do it, the actually. Also, too, I think there's a degree of feedback that we get from. There's immediate gratification. Immediate gratification, exactly. Have you ever come across a little game I called, or I call, the world calls, Angry Birds? Oh, yeah. Have you ever played it? I played it one time, but I, I really didn't have an affinity for it. Although, I think the birds are kind of cute. And I... <laughs> okay. The birds, there's birds and there's little pigs. Right? Yeah. And, and the pigs, they live in little houses. Mm-hmm. Of course, and, I saw the movie, and the movie is what introduced me to Angry Birds and Pigs. Okay, so it's 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 a basic game, right? Mm-hmm. You you put your your bird in a slingshot on the left, mm-hmm. and then you push it, and you release, and it has a trajectory, and it flies over across the screen, and it flies over and makes squeaking sounds. And on the right screen, what do you see? You see houses that are poorly constructed, or they're elaborate houses, depending on the level of pigs living inside those houses. So the angry birds who's afraid of the <laughs> destroys the pigs' houses. Three little pigs. What <laughs> makes it so addictive? Rewards. Yes. Achievement. Immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. But what also we know from the game design is that you don't want to overwhelm the player. You start small. Mm-hmm. And you always you build. Do. This has actually come across from came from Robert Cialdini and I think he's one of my heroes. I don't know if you... I, I mentioned him before. Mm-hmm. You've his, mentioned Robert before. His book, um, Influence. And he talks about, if you mm-hmm. want to achieve a goal, you start small. Yeah, there's you Start level. small. Create a level. Build, yes. And then you t- test and feedback. And you provide little... I call them small wins. Little small victories. That what actually makes a game addictive is the release of dopamine. Yep. And you basically... Your brain creates a bath of dopamine and it's inside your brain and you want to swim that's in it. That's an addictive and thing. And that's what it is. And you're coming back for more and more and more. One of the research scientists who actually introduced the concept of flow, have you ever heard of that, John? Maybe I've heard of it in a practical sense, but as far as the term concept of flow, no, I haven't. Flow is an optimal state of being when a player, let's say we talk about the context of game. I love the word optimal, by the way. That's right. That is a powerful word. That's right. It's the optimal state of intrinsic motivation or being where a player or a person loses all track of time, loses the sense of being. In fact, you lose the self, the interest of self, and then the true self emerges. It's a paradox, but it actually works. The, The person who came up with this is Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. He's an immigrant from Europe. He went to University of Chicago, and I think now he works at Claremont Graduate College. Mm-hmm. He described the state of flow, and that's when I was first introduced to this concept. And he said, "Okay, you have to make sure that your skill is commensurate with the with the challenge. Because if your skill is too low or too high, you won't be interested. And you want, as your game designer, you have to make sure that your skill is just enough." To complete the next challenge. So if you're in a, in a business context or if you're in the learning context, create environments and obstacles that are just outside of your ability so you can keep coming back and create small victories along the way so that you get immediate feedback. Technology allows us to do that. And you can see, I think gamification is not the answer to all problems, although it is an answer to some problems. 
because for example you want to bring people on board into your corporation into the way that you do business games can be part of it mm -hmm. you create a conference have you attended Toastmasters conference, John? Yes, I have okay. many, many times. Do you know they have games? Don't can you describe one of the games that they have for first timers briefly for yeah. listeners? I for example, the game that they have, one of the games is there is a list of specific offices, offices of leaders of the district. Uh, these include obviously the district director, the director of club quality, the director of club growth, but there are also sub-directors, directors of division, area, and others. And then there are these games that they like to play using Twitter. But let me go back to the yeah. game of the directors. Yeah. Here the people must, through making connection yeah. with basically strangers. There may be a few people that they know, but because they're first-timers, they're really very new, and they're in an environment that they've never been in before with people from across the district. So now it's their job to try to find who these individuals are and get them to sign their name beside it's, their it's designated. It's low risk, too. It's low risk. There's mm -hmm. reward. But it also, we can take it outside of the context of Toastmasters mm -hmm. and use it in other applications. Yes. Because you can take the same design to have newbies or participants of the conference mm -hmm. to go out outside of their comfort zone, have some kind of tally or score sheet, and achieve some objective. There's low risk. has and a type of a scavenger hunt sense. That's too. right. Scavenger hunt, but it's for grown-ups. That's what the juice is. Games are not the answer for everything, but it is the answer for some things. And now that we know that games are everywhere, Angry Birds, Duolingo, and talent development, correct? Mm -hmm. uh, marketing messages, yeah. brand Sales loyalty. competition. Sales competition. What is American Express rewards points? Is that a game? It is a game because the idea is you want to get those points to accumulate so that you can get a prize for accumulating them. So there is a gratification involved. Starbucks, Starbucks star system. Is that a game? Same thing. Same yes. thing. Games have been with us from day Panera one. Panera Bread. You and I love to go to Panera Bread. Panera there are rewards. Bread. I got a free cup of coffee the other day because you lucky and I. Lucky you. Got, yeah, lucky me. I was able to buy your cup of coffee and it was like I was buying my cup only I got my cup free. I know, I know. One of the other elements that we know as a game, now that we have, in the last 20 minutes, we have learned about game design. Now, yes, you're not yeah. an expert, but no. you can have the tools to actually go out and research on your own. And you can go to Michael Wu, who is a game designer, uh, Monica Cornetti, and uh, Mikai Csikszentmihalyi, and a few others. And one of the things that you can do as a practitioner, go to Gartner Research. Gardner Research. Gardner Research and Gamification on Google, and it will get you started on a pathway so you are knowledgeable and you can make your own decisions. Now, what will stop people from actually introducing game design elements in their business life? What do you think? What are the obstacles that can come across? I think there's a degree of resistance. Resistance, yes, but also fear. So resistance, fear? I think fear and resistance are really kind of tied together because okay. nobody likes to be rejected whenever they come up with an idea. Exactly. And there are always going to be those people that are against it. Let me throw this in real quick because I know yeah. we're running short on time. Uh, as Toastmasters, and we can talk about this because you're a Toastmaster and I'm a Toastmaster, yes, there is a new program that's being slowly phased into the Toastmasters Pathways. function called Pathways. Pathways is a transformational program because it is 21st century, cutting-edge, technology-based. 
It is an expansion of our education program to create a far more dynamic system with many more avenues of specialization that a person can now take as they grow their communications and leadership skills. It's designed to equip people to function successfully in a myriad of career avenues. So Toastmasters is really creating the pathway for greater success in a much broader system. But as I have been helping in introducing on a very incremental and simple basis this concept of pathways, we are meeting resistance. And that resistance is people don't necessarily like change. That is true. So our objective is to find a way that you can satisfy or at least show a better way. And that will take skills as a business leader, business owner, but also as a storyteller. If you can create a narrative that is compelling, it's not going to be easy. I know. But if you work on it, you can create a story that you can bring people along. But I want to dovetail and bookend this conversation before we go into the next episode about Mm -hmm. the three elements of any game design element that you can use in your business. So whatever the, and if one of the things that you have talked about is resistance and fear. And a lot of times what stops people is fear that technology may not be able to suit their needs. I say start with the design and then find the technology that will be able to help you. Good point. And we live in a world and a technology that changes almost on a daily basis. One of the resources I can recommend to business owners is Badgeville. Badgeville Badgeville.com, and you can create badges, leaderboards, scores, trophies, uh, tracking mechanisms. Tracking mechanisms that will help you in your business, which is real. And visuals that show that you can wear it with pride. Exactly. And be part of the community. Because community, when you outsource, when you crowdsource the solution, excuse me, the solution, that's when the best solutions will come. Is it possible that when we get together for this next, because we're running short on time, that we can also bring in another component, which we haven't mentioned today, but when you're talking about gameplay, there's a degree of competition. There's competition and and cooperation. There could be contention within the competition. competition. So can we talk about that as well? Because sometimes people get their feelings hurt. Yes, we will do do that, and we'll highlight different technological platforms that 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 business owners can use to help them solve uh, several problems. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's, it's, it's an answer to some problems. But I do want to mention that all game design elements should have three common themes that everyone can relate to. Number one, all games should have immediate feedback yes. that creates small incremental wins or victories. Mm-hmm. Second is it should showcase achievement. Yes. Achievement where it's going and how fa- fast it's going there. And third is leaderboards. Mm-hmm. We have leaderboards. Tracking. That's right. It it's, creates a sense of community, sense of cooperation, competition, not contention, but collaboration. Right. And that is visible. And it, it motivates, I it's think. It's portable. It's portable. That actually takes you outside of the context of the game mm-hmm. and within the game. John, this is amazing. Thanks for being my partner. This is my- exciting. I can't wait to get with you on the next one because this is just going to morph into something so interesting. Because this is the way, and I believe for the next five to seven years, design 
of gamification in business, education, talent development, and major, major business problems will involve elements of game design. And I think as business leaders, we need to explore it and become even better because it is a competitive advantage. Thanks, John. Thank you, Mark. And ladies and gentlemen, your word to remember and to be prepared to answer when we come back for our next get-together is Cheek Sent Me High. <laughs> this is John Morrow along with Mark Guy. And thank you, Mark Guy, as always, for entertaining an amazing insight. And I'm looking forward to continuing our study on the games we play with Mark Guy. We'll see you next time. Thank you, John. See you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.